Welcome to Making It With Autism, and this is Ann Kagris. Thank you for joining. And man, I got to be honest, I am so tired today. We went to uh, Pennsylvania to visit my newly born grandson, and I am just exhausted. We had such a busy weekend. So uh, I might not be my absolute best, but I want to do this because something is really, really on my mind. And this has been, you know, when you are raising three autistic kids, it is very difficult sometimes, not necessarily the kid themselves. Well, you know, there are behaviors and they can be mistaken for other things. So you really have to know autism. You really have to understand the kid and what they're really saying, because what it appears is not necessarily what is really going on. And so you have to be their interpreter lots of times. And it can be exhausting because the people on the other end think that they really do know what they're talking about. And I am not against our school district. In fact, I absolutely love our school district, but there are just times that I feel like a broken record and I am just continuing to try to get them to understand what is truly going on with my daughter. You know, I'm not saying that she's perfect and autistic kids actually can have behaviors that are just behaviors and there's, you know, just kid behaviors. But then there are behaviors that are autistic behaviors and you truly have to look at them differently. So I wanted to talk this episode a little bit about what is going on with her. Um, She's an amazing kid and very complex, but she's eight years old. And one of the things going on with her is she has a really, really big uh, project, I guess you could say. Now, she's in second grade, okay? Second grade. And she has a really big project on um, a reading. Well, writing, I guess you could say. It's writing nonfiction books. And they have a red carpet event coming up. Now... My daughter actually gets excited about things like this. I mean, she can. She really loves to be like the teacher type, play a lot of that kind of things. Um, She likes to write stories. Um, She loves to write at home, even though she is not really a good speller, very phonetically spelling, uh, has a very difficult time being able to figure out words still at this point. Um, And I think it adds a level of anxiety. And she has a lot of anxiety to begin with. And I always try to explain to the school district that she goes into the school at a 10. Okay, We're, we're starting at a 10. And then you add performance anxiety um, and uh, just fear, plain fear. Then you put a project on top of that, that 
puts expectations on her that are beyond what she can do. Okay. Now I'm not saying that she shouldn't have to do the assignment because I do think she should have to do the assignment, but I really do think that she needs more accommodations in a project like this. Now they do say that they give her breaks and more breaks throughout the day that, you know, that my daughter is saying that she's getting, which um, she misunderstands a lot of things. So I believe the adults and I'm not saying I don't believe her. I'm just saying that I think that she doesn't completely understand what a break is. Um, so that's part of the pragmatic speech and part of, um, you know, interpreting the world, which she has a really hard time doing. So, one of the things that's going on right now is uh, she has a star chart and they continually send it home saying that she's refusing to do the writing assignment for this nonfiction project. Okay. So there is a difference and I really believe this and I'm normally right with my gut. This is a mom gut thing that there is a difference between refusal and shutdown. I can tell just by looking at her and by my observations with what's going on here, I can tell that her anxiety is very heightened about this particular situation. And she feels less than her peers that they can do it and she can't do it. So there's that. She's like, I can't even write. I just can't do it. I'm um, I, I watch my, you know, friends in school and they're all doing it and I just can't do it. So I can hear in her voice, what she's saying is that she is, um, so overwhelmed, so overstimulated that she's not able to focus and do the work. And she feels the performance anxiety. So she is shutting down and not able to do it. She's not able to focus enough to even do it. She had shared with the one intervention specialist that she wasn't able to spell. And so the IS said to her, well, you know, the word that you're trying to spell is just right up there on the board or on the wall or something like that. And so my daughter said, oh, you know, okay. And then she wrote that down. But then the thing is, is when you're talking about an autistic kid who's on shutdown, performance anxiety, they're so overwhelmed. You can't even think, hey, I'm going to look up at the board and write down that word. There is a complete difference between just refusing, which she has done. She's refused to do things. But I think a lot of it has to do in a lot of her behaviors that she has in the classroom at this point have to do with overwhelming <clears throat> stimulation, her sensories, her um, in, in, inability to really do the work because there's just too much going on around her. So then the buildup continues and continues throughout the day. And then you start seeing more and more behaviors at the end of the day. And writing workshop is towards the end of the day. And 
she's just done. I can remember when I was a kid. I can re even remember being, I was 15. And I was in a 10th grade writing class. And the teacher said to me, why are you the only one not taking notes? And I just said, I don't know. Well, now as an adult, I can tell the teacher why. But as a 15-year-old that wasn't really able to express myself then, I wasn't able to do that. And so it appeared as if I was just refusing to take notes. Where really, I couldn't hear, pay attention, take in the information, hold in the information to write it down on the piece of paper while everything else was going on in the classroom. Now, if I could have paused her, stopped, you know, listened, stopped her after like one sentence, wrote it down, restarted, able to hear her a little bit better again, you know, take more notes, stop, pause. Like if I had a tape recorder back in the day, um, I used to do that when I got older um, because it was just much easier for me to do that. And instead of put my brain through trying to focus and, you know, as a kid, you don't know and think those things. So as an adult, it's up to us to be able to help the child be able to focus and be their best. And so it's so frustrating to get the adults in the room to understand that she's just not saying to you, look, I'm not doing this. I can do it, but I'm just not going to do it because I really just want to play. That's not what's going on. And it is so sad. It's sad. And when I see her come home at the end of the day, and lately she just comes home and she sits there at the table at dinner and she's just, she's just done. She's just saying to us, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Are you telling the teachers? Well, I did tell them. Well, you know, I mean, here for a little while, she wasn't saying that she needed a break when they asked her. So we told her that she needed to ask for a break when she needed one. So then she asked the teacher for a break. Now, this is her, her opinion, her view of what happened, that she did ask the teacher for breaks. And the teacher said, after you do your work, which I also can understand by the adult. But I also know if they can't do the work to their best ability, you know, maybe they do need a break. Maybe they need to do the work. Maybe she needs to do the work in another room away from the classroom. Maybe she's not saying, I can't do the work. Maybe she's just saying, I can't do the work here. So take her, put her in another room by herself and have her work on the writing assignment. I mean, she's still doing the work. She's been given an accommodation that helps her be her best. And isn't that what this is all about? helping her be her best. And so when they asked me on the ETR and IEP and the meetings and stuff that we have about her, you know, they always ask, you know, what would, what are your goals for her? And my goal is always for her to be her best in all ways. I mean, I don't want to put any specific goals on her because really when we're a parent and we have a child 
um, especially a child with disabilities or really any child, but we just, we want them to be their best, their best self, their best academically, their best with peers, whatever it is, we just want them to be their best. And um, I don't feel at this point that, that she is being given the best environment for her to be her best. So meetings continue. But, you know, this just, you know, sparked a little thing in me for me to have an episode on shutdown and refusal because um, there really is a huge difference. And I know when, like I said, um, but when I was a kid, I can't tell you how many times I remember being really young and not being able to read the the words on the page and I would put my head down or I would do things to avoid being called on. And if I was, I would kind of ask goofy and try to avoid because I really didn't know um, the amount of work that I had to do in order to do what other people could do normally without even much effort. It was exhausting. And so I really, really understand what she is going through to be in that classroom, taking in all the information, even a pencil tapping, um, and you just can't focus. And you're put in a room full of 20 plus kids and you have to write. And then they didn't even like the first thing that she decided to write and she was writing. So then she had to choose something else and it's just difficult for her to transition to something else. So, I mean, I don't know what the answers are, but I do know that there's a huge difference between the two and you have to really sit down and try to figure out what is going on and just not assume that the person the child is saying from the very get-go, I'm just not going to do this. I always said, pay attention to the kid in the room that is not doing their work, that is not taking notes. I always had to look around to find out what was supposed to be done because I really didn't know (laughs) what was supposed to be done. And, um, I listened to the instructions. I heard the words. What I heard was like the Charlie Brown, rah, 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 and then go. And it was like, oh, shoot, what am I supposed to do? I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. So I'm looking around. People would have thought that I was cheating, but I wasn't. I was just trying to understand what I was supposed to really be doing. And then I go back to my page and I am completely baffled what's going on and what, how to do the work. Um, again, not refusal, not knowing, it's just not knowing what to do. So there's that too. So you have to really figure out exactly why. And I think, and I'm not going to speak for the team of people that are working with my daughter, but it just feels like sometimes that, you know, they're done. They're done with me trying to reach them and interpret what's going on, um, because recently I've been really contacting them a lot, but you know, as her parent, I feel it's my job and not worry about how they feel about me, but 
just to continue and continue to reach out to them to try to get them to understand. Now I have two other kids and both of their teams that they have around my two boys are just amazing. They get it. They get autism. I don't have to even explain to them what's going on with my nine-year-old or what's going on with my six-year-old. They just get it. And it really is the school that the school in particular doesn't understand what's going on with her. If she was in a different school, um, I don't know. I would hope that a different team would be able to understand her better, but I'm not sure. Cause like I said, she is very difficult um, to understand, but um, she does need an interpreter in the room. And I know what she says and what she means are two different things most of the time. So um, you have to give her a benefit of the doubt and really sit down and look at her and say, Hey, what's going on? Talk to me. Even then, you might not get it and you have to piece together what she's really saying because she's not able to really convey what's going on within herself. Um, so, I mean, it's a battle and it's um, one that's worth fighting, but it's also one that's very scary and difficult for her. So I feel very hard, for, very bad for her um, going to school and have to, having to, feel the anxiety as it gets closer to writing workshop and she just feels like she can't do it. And really it's the same with math. She said that she just can't do it. Um, so I don't know, but I really am hoping that we can come to something. And um, if you have a child that is in the same situation, just fight for your kid with the schools and let them know, Hey, you know, he's not refusing this is what is really going on. Let's try to sit down and try to make out a plan to how to help to make them um, be their best, to help them uh, figure out how to do it. That isn't that, isn't that the goal? To help them figure out how to do it and to give the accommodations that they need for them to be able to do the work. So it's not about pushing in, pushing in, making sure that they're in that classroom the whole entire day, which is a thing that's really driving me nuts. And I'm all for her being in the classroom with her peers when it's working out. But if it's not working out, you need to give her an accommodation in another room in a smaller space with less uh, noise and um, with just less, less period. So um, this little phrase of, you know, we have to we really believe because the state really believes now that, you know, going um, and pushing in and keeping them in the classroom, regardless, regardless of how they're really doing, um, because we really need to keep them with their peers. And, you know, I don't know where anybody stands in this, but I can only speak for myself and my family and everybody has a different opinion. And maybe um, some families want to keep their kid in the classroom and have them work through and um, that really is where their child needs to be. I'm just talking for my daughter in this particular situation. Um, and in some situations, I, I think differently. She needs to be in there. But in this particular situation, I think that there needs to be more accommodations. And they need to um, understand what's really going on with her. So um, just know your child and... Um, and keep talking to the district and 
I'm just going to keep talking to him. And hopefully we can come to some understanding. Now, what did end up happening is they're doing a very extensive ETR, which I'm very, very thankful for. They're going to be testing her pragmatic and her sensory and her executive functioning, which I don't think that we've ever tested to this degree in the district. So I am very thankful. So just keep sticking with it. Keep, keep, keep going after them. Don't give in. Don't let them make you feel like how you, that you're a bother. Um, now, my district doesn't make me feel like I am. I just feel like we're kind of there. Um, but I'm just going to keep on keeping on. All right. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are and how it might affect your child. Um, if you're going through similar things, uh, just drop me a note. You can go to um, either making it with autism on my Facebook page. That's probably the best way to find me right now to, uh, and you know, I just started this, so I really don't have, uh, people that are following me, but this is a good thing. This is, these are good episodes. These are good talking points for us to be able to discuss and learn with each other. So, um, drop me a note. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help because I have helped other people that are going through similar things. All right. Thank you for listening and keep on keeping on.